Hey friends, before we get into the episode, one quick announcement. If you've been wanting to join in on the fun and be part of the community of Maychand High Five, we have a Discord now. Um, there's a link to it in the show notes. We'll talk more about it at the end of the episode, but go there, check it out, and join in the fun. And in the meantime, let's play some D&D. Welcome back to Mage Hand High Five. I'm your Dungeon Master, Casey Pappas, and with me are our players ranked from highest to lowest challenge rating. Sarah McStay. Oh my god, I'm first high! (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sarah McStay playing Salome Briar, currently at 1 HP and feeling afraid. Next, we have Robin Langenhop. Yes! (laughs) I'm Robin (laughs) Langenhop playing Hayden Kincaid, who is ready to go dog the bounty hunting. And, (laughs) sorry, Max Weinberg. Uh, Hi, I'm Max Weinberg, and uh, I guess I'm just (laughs) going to take that ranking. Um, (laughs) Hello. Uh, I'm Max. I'm playing uh, Stump Steenling, who is really kind of sad about having to leave his pony behind. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be reunited. Oh, the one you abandoned, you mean? (laughs) Hey, that was a life or death situation. That was... uh, Tough call. Hashtag justice for Jim, Jim and I the are pony. close. Yeah. <laughs> Save Jim. Get in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, are we just heading right into the podcast? Yes, we are. Go for it. You tell us. <laughs> you tell us, Casey. Yeah. Let's do it. Last time on Mage Hand High Five, the group came together. Our three heroes embarked on their separate journeys, saying goodbye to what they've known in search of something new. Stump a deep gnome apothecarist artificer, left his family for their safety, pursued by dangerous people. <laughs> Hayden, a shape-changing gloom stalker ranger, began a quest to find their missing friend. Salome, a human warlock paladin, left behind her life in search of her family, still roaming the Badlands. As Salome boarded a train into the wastes, she ran into Luther Wainwright, a family not-so-friend then overheard a conductor in a suit discussing the train's cargo, arguing about a Jameson Manufacturing-branded shipment and whether it should go out. She finds Hayden to be her compartment buddy, and they hit it off. Stump, meanwhile, finds that he's just missed the train. After a brief chase by another mysterious assassin, he jumps onto the train, seemingly outrunning his pursuer. He joins the other heroes, and each hero suspects the others of holding back dark secrets. Spoiler alert, they are. (laughs) (laughs) An hour or two into the journey, the train is suddenly halted on the tracks. Before the passengers can gain a sense of what's occurred, the train is broken into and the car guard attacked. Our heroes emerged from their compartment and found themselves facing three raiders, each armed with a pickaxe. They fought and the raiders seemed unperturbed by death, claiming, he'll just bring us back. The group succeeded and moved outside where more raiders were loading up a cart with crates from the train. They took out some before the cart fled into a nearby ravine. They then came across the dying conductor, Philip Coriander, in his final moments and helped guide him to the other side. And when we last left off, Salome, 
you'd just seen a specter appearing over Coriander's body that only you could see. Where we are right now, uh, you are sort of in the ruins of this train. Uh, The conductor is gone. It is just the three of you. Salome, you just saw the specter. So the other two of you, you do see Salome sort of... Yeah, Salome like flinches backwards and immediately reaches into a a pocket for her holy symbol, uh, which is a little glass vial with like a rolled up piece of paper in it with some rose petals and like this sort of wild rose like thorn wrapped around the top of it. Um, And she grabs for her holy symbol, flinches backwards and holds out the holy symbol as if to kind of repel it. Did y'all see that? What? Something going on? Did y'all see the shadow? I mean, the, we saw the guy's shadow. No, 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 no. The, the, the shadow on the wall. When he, after he died, it turned into it turned into something else. You're telling me you didn't see it? No. Hang on, sweetie. We did not see it. What What exactly did you witness? Uh, can I, as it's disappearing, can I use divine sense really quick? You can. It, okay. It sort of blinks out, mm. but you can use divine sense if you'd like. Yeah, I've got four of them. <laughs> So just see anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of celestial fiend or undead. You cast your divine sense. You feel this calming presence come over you as sort of these divine powers flow through you. Whatever it was, its presence is quickly vanishing. Before it goes, you get a whiff of undead all right so he died and his his shadow was normal and then it 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 changed it it morphed into something it was it was taller and it looked like it was wearing this this wide brim hat it had these these horrible blue eyes and and i felt something that might have been like undead from it and i i I don't know what it was but please tell me y'all saw it too i i'm I, i promise i saw it i'm not hey I completely believe you. This is definitely something that happened. I did not witness it myself, but you don't get that kind of reaction from a fib. I am with you. All right. Casey, is this anything I would have, like, seen before or anything that I, like, is there anything I recognize about it or anything like that? I can answer part of that. (laughs) With a flashback. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Salome, it's one of those moments where a vivid memory sort of just takes over and you're just caught up in a memory. And in this memory, you are about eight years old. It is a beautiful day. You're beneath a massive oak tree. A light breeze is blowing. The sun is shining. And as you round the tree trunk, laughing from something you can't really remember, you stop in your tracks. On the ground in front of you is a squirrel. It is lying on its side, its eyes closed, and it doesn't seem to be moving. Oh no, I, I, I go right to it. You go to it. Are you okay, little buddy? Are you all right? The squirrel doesn't move. Oh no. As you cradle it, you hear a, Salome? 
Salome? Mama? Where are you going? Mama, c- come here. C- Rounding around the tree is a blonde woman. She wears a blue, slightly floral dress cinched at the waist, a knapsack hanging over her shoulder. And she comes up to you and she says, Salome, what you got there? Mama, I... Oh. I was running over by the tree and that there was... This little guy's just just sitting here on the ground. He's not moving. Can you do something about it? Can you help him? Oh. Oh, dear heart. Here. And she holds out her hands. You can fix him? Salome, sometimes there are things that can't be fixed. I've seen you heal so many people, though. I mean, you could heal a little squirrel, couldn't you? He's just a little critter. She says, I can, I can heal him, but not... Mama, why's your face looking all sad? Well, darling, there's... Let me, let me share with you a little secret. A little briar secret. All right. And she strokes the squirrel's fur. And as she does, the squirrel pops back up. Mama, you saw, I knew you could do it. I mean, I've seen you heal just about everybody you ever come across. I mean, you gave me soup one time. I don't think I've ever been sick since. I, <laughs> I knew you could do it. Oh, look at him go. He's just running around. The squirrel sort of runs up, nestles on your mother's shoulder. But then you notice something strange. The squirrel is sitting on her shoulder, but it is also still lying in her hands. Mama, did you make two squirrels? <laughs> she says, no, I... Is that the secret? Do you know how to make multiple squirrels? Oh, darling, I wish I did. How more squirrels get made, I, I leave that secret to the squirrels, but... How do more squirrels get made, Mama? <laughs> you know, that's neither here nor there. But sometimes, well... And as she starts to talk, the squirrel leaps from her shoulder and begins to scurry up the, up the oak tree. Bye, little buddy. As it happens, she says, death can be a scary thing, dear heart, but it's only a change. Life's full of changes, and death only gets the one. So I try to spend my life helping people with these changes. Sometimes with the big change. And I think, I think that's all we can really do. I look down at the squirrel that's still in her hand. Um, are, are you saying he's dead? Yes, but death isn't, death is not an end. Death is a doorway. Death is a river. You cross the river, and you're not on this side of the river anymore. But that doesn't mean that you're gone. And as you watch the squirrel, it alights onto one of the branches of the oak tree, and for a moment you see it for what it really is. In the light of the sun... Its fur glistens, the wind moves through its tail, and you see it close its eyes and feel its whiskers twitch in the wind. And as the breeze blows, you see it slowly fade. Does that happen to everybody? It does. Like you and Aunt Maggie and Aunt Lila? 
Yes. But just because people leave doesn't mean they're gone. I will always be here with you. Whether I'm actually with you or not. And she kisses you on the forehead. And that memory fades from you. There was something not right about it. It it was... I don't know if it used to be somebody. I mean, just just because somebody's gone doesn't mean they're gone, you know. I I don't know if it was... I don't know what it was. Maybe that's not the most pressing thing right now. I was just about to say, I am absolutely interested in finding out what you saw and what happened and diving into that. I don't know if we got the skills to take care of that right now. And as we speak, there's a whole gang running off with some fire powder. And the further they get, the harder it's going to be to follow them. I'm pretty sure I could track it, I hope. But we got to get going soon if that's the plan. I think we could at least, you know, check it out. I don't know if we necessarily have to go into a hideout, but we could see what, you know, the deal is at the very least. I just don't want unfriendlies to have access to that much literal and figurative firepower. Yeah, that's probably uh, a safe choice. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Before we do that, kid, you don't you don't look too good. Do you do you need some healing or something? I mean, I, I can heal myself a little bit, but if, if, if you got a little bit extra, that's that'd be great. Yeah, here. Uh. Take this. And Stump pops a potion off of his bandolier and hands the vial over to Salome, which is going to be uh, just a potion of healing. Nice. Is that a, what is that? What, 2d4 what? plus 2. 2d4 plus 2. Okay. Um, okay, that's 5. And then I am also going to lay on hands myself for, that's such a weird thing to say. Um, I'm going to. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a holy symbol still out. So I touch it back to my heart and uh, heal myself for another, um, let's go seven, just so I have a little bit left to give if I need to. Listen, I'm still not looking great, but if we got to go, we got to go. I'm feeling pretty rough as well, so I'm just going to go ahead and cast a little bit of healing on myself. So that's a cast of Cure Wounds for 1d8 plus 3, 13. Are there any horses or were there any horses on the train that we could take? Yeah, Stump, you didn't bring your horse with you on the train, did you? I really want to be like, let me just call Jim. Hey, Jim! And Jim just come at it. Obviously, that's not... If, we roll, if Max rolls in nat 20, can Jim emerge from the desert? Here's the thing. <laughs> the magical Jim the Pony. Max, roll on nat 20 right now, and Jim has not left side of the train. <laughs> and has brought two friends. Your ever-loyal pony, Jim. Not 20, so not 20, it's not. a two. Fuck, oh. It's only 18 away. The opposite of Jim shows up. <laughs> the nega Jim? Nega Jim. Jim. <laughs> Jim's evil twin Jum shows up, and Jum is a black dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, it was going to be a DC 10 for there to be horses on the train. I rolled an eight. Well, it looks like we're hoofing it, but not with horses. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be hoofing it, but now we're just walking it. <laughs> just just footing it. All right. Well, hey, let's walk fast. Oh, everybody, make sure you got water and everything. It's it's real hot out, so we might want to be careful about that. Oh, I got this, uh, I got this, I got an alchemy jug that can make us some water if we need it. 
Are we going to survive in the open heat when we're not even able to move as fast as these folks? Like, is this even possible? It's not survival heat in this area. I will say, like, the canyon will provide partial cover from the sun. So I won't have you roll survival things right now. Great. As we're, like, searching for horses, can I also look around to see, did the raiders just kill the crew? Like, who's left? Uh, roll... Roll investigation. That's a that's a three that becomes a one. <laughs> what do I get, Casey? Uh, there's a lot of dead folks around. All right. So Hayden takes a quick just look over the land, looking for if there are any wagon tracks lying in the sand or sniffing the air or, you know, just doing their usual tracking sure. thing. Roll a uh, roll a survival check for tracking for navigation. All right, so I am rolling with advantage because of my hunter's mark, okay. and I got a seventeen survival check. Hayden, you are looking at the sort of signs of where these raiders went. You're going into tracking mode and this is sort of your first time tracking someone through wilderness as opposed to like urban terrain and surprisingly it kind of just comes to you like it it feels natural which is weird yeah and as this is happening you sort of go back in your memories to the first time you felt that you had to impress a group of complete strangers. You, at the time, are maybe nine, ten, and you're alone. Not physically. <laughs> sort of psychologically alone. You are, you are out on the streets on your own. There's a crowd of people passing through the streets of Threed on their way to do whatever, and as you approach your mark and reach into his pocket, you trip. Oh. <laughs> you yank down on his pocket and immediately his hand is down on your wrist. <laughs> uh, what uh, do you think my, you're doing? My, my apologies, sir. I, my, my hand, I, I, I tripped, I fell over and your, your trousers were the only thing in the area that could keep me upright. Um, <laughs> I did not mean to expose your lower half. Well, uh, I, <laughs> we'll just see what the local constable has to say about that. I didn't realize there was going to be a wallet there, I promise. <laughs> Suddenly, at, at your side is a redheaded girl about a year older than you. And she says, oh, there you are. I was looking all over for you. Hey, what are you doing? Eh? <laughs> and she says that to the man. And she says, hey, I'm their sister. And if you don't leave us alone right now, I'm going to start oh. screaming. Yes, yes. She will start <laughs> screaming and she is loud and terrifying. And people will think that you have abducted a sweet child. So you just, <laughs> just go on about your business, sir. Yeah, the optics are real terrible on this, sir. So bad. <laughs> the man sort of looks between the two of you, lets go of your hand, and then just sort of drops money on the ground and runs away. <laughs> this girl takes your hand and says, all right, let's get out of here before anyone gets wise. 
Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Um, okay. She takes you down an alley, and once you're both out of sight, she goes, hey, you you nailed that. Uh, did I? Because, I mean, my, I mean, my, not, my not shoes are quite large, part. and I... Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't well, think not, I was not, doing that very well at all. I, I, listen, it takes practice. I don't know if you've got a place to go or, or people who are missing you. I assume from you pickpocketing strangers in the street, probably not. Uh... No, no, I'm... Is is just me. Okay. Well, I guess first off, hi, my name's Winona. Oh, um, hi. Uh, thank you for saving me from almost certain uh, incarceration. Um, Hayden. Uh, Hayden, hi. Hayden. Hi. Well, Hayden, I don't know if you've got a place to go, but there... I'm... We're, I guess I'll just say it. There's a group of kids that you could join if you wanted. We're called the Pipers, and we could help keep you safe, and you could help keep us safe. And you know, kids got to stay together. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to impose. I don't really have that much in the way of belonging, so I wouldn't take up very much space. I've got, uh, I have a sheet of newspaper. <sighs> End of list. Well, That's all I have. Well, Hayden, it's not really imposing if I'm the one asking. Oh, I, I suppose I suppose not. There is, there is one person. Well, I'll be honest with you. You're sort of the first person that I've recruited to the group, and there's another person that I need to run it by. You got you got child thief management. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he 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 sort of runs the group. He, it'll be easier just to to just to go talk. You know what? With my level of expertise, I am certain that any gang of unruly orphan children on the street is going to be better at this than I am. Great. Well, then I'll introduce you to Rat. Oh, is it, that's his thats his actual given name. That's actually his preferred name. That's thats the name that he gave, so all right. that's kind of all we've got. I'm in who I'm out of question. Let's do it. She takes you to sort of this, like, it looks sort of like a dumpster, but then you move aside a piece of cardboard and there's an entrance and it goes down into sort of the sewer system. And there are kids running to and fro, playing with stolen items. Uh, and you see sort of a larger kid trying to corral them. This kid is, is probably around Winona's age, about a year or two older than you. And the, uh, you assume is Rat as he's saying, hey, hey, everyone listen up. Listen to Rat. I'm leading the charge, and if I say you got to behave, you got to behave. Now, everyone, line up over there. We're going to do some pickpocketing practice. I immediately go over to the side wall. I have no idea what's happening, and I just run right over there. Uh, Winona sort of pulls Rat aside and, like, points over to you, and he says, ah, fresh blood. <laughs> oh, am I about to get murdered? <laughs> That I did. You know, I should have realized I was being lured into a random sewer. He says, all of you, practice amongst yourselves. You. And he oh. points to you, Hayden, and he says, you're with me. Oh, well, that was easy. Great. Yeah, come over here. What's your, na what's your name, Scamp? Oh, my name is not Scamp. My name is Hayden. Hello, Hayden Kincaid. All right, Kincaid. We only take the best here in the Pipers. And over his shoulder, you sort of see Winona, and Winona sort of shakes her head like, that's not true. <laughs> 
Okay, because I am not the best. I should really get going if you're only taking the best. I'm not oh. that. I, you know, I'll see myself out. I've got a newspaper that, back, to get back to, so, you know. Rat backpedals and goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Like, the best, like, eventually, down the line. Like, they become the best, you know? Like, oh, they don't oh, have oh, to be okay. the best starting out. Great. <sighs> well, Hayden, if you're going to be a part of the Pipers, then there's some things that you need to know. All right. And that's the main rules here at the Pipers. There's three rules. All right. Number rule one. number one. Yes. Seize the cheese. Literally? <laughs> oh, you're a rat. What? It's a whole rat thing. Okay. <laughs> Winona swings around to you and sort of goes, it's like if you if you want it, do it. Like like seize the day. Oh, okay. All right. It's it's a it's a metaphorical cheese. Metaphorical and listen, just because my name's Rat doesn't mean I love cheese. I do, but it's not because of that. Are you saying that points number two and three are not in any way rat-related metaphors? No, but that is an idea. All right, we'll come back to that. Rule number two. <laughs> number two. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Again, rats biting is <laughs> a thing. <laughs> rats yeah, I mean, about I'm just saying, one. you're already doing it. You might as well lean in. Rats like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is an idea. Winona, Winona says, rule number two is really important. Don't get yourself into too much trouble. Oh, oh, yeah. Like I just did about not 10 minutes ago. Well, well, I mean, in case of breaking rule number two, there is rule number three. And she looks Ooh. over at Rat and Rat goes, oh, uh, yeah, rule number three. A piper's a piper, now and always. Ooh. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Well, we're all pipers. And when you become a piper, you never stop being a piper. And if one of us gets in trouble, we all get in trouble. So in case of breaking rules one or two, there is rule three. A piper's a piper now and always. And he spits in his hand and then holds it out. Should I, should I lick the spit off of your hand? I do not know this ritual. <laughs> Gross. Winona says, no. you, you spit in your own hand. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sort of completes the whole cycle. Rat's really about the spit thing. And Hayden spits in their hand and reaches out. You clasp hands, the spit joins. Gross. And the adventure begins. You come back into the present. You remember Winona, you remember Rat, and you remember why you're here. Hayden closes their eyes for a second before following the path, the trail and just says, Winona, I know a piper is always a piper and we got to stick together, but I got something else I got to do right now, but I'm going to find you. It's just the two of us. We'll get back together. And with that whispered thought, you head on into the canyon. As you're journeying down this canyon, the sun is about middle of the sky now. It is noon, and it is eerily quiet. Um, uh, hey, y'all, do we want to maybe be a little stealthy as we, as we go through this canyon looking for people that just tried to shoot us salome is just jangling with jewelry 
There's a whole dress. She's got a full train out behind her. And it's just, you know, uh, Salome, you look great. Heel We've talked boots. about it. You look fantastic. I, can you just can you just hold the jingly bits I'm and just to, keep them look, held down? I'm trying down? to contain it. I don't think I can. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get Do it you, all together, but it's just hard to pick all up in one. In, in one, I, this is the only clothes that I had going out. I, I just had. Can to, you just? I, I got, I got, Do you have a bag? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got a bag. You, could you put it in the bag? I mean, that would probably be a little better than just free bracelets flowing. Yeah. Oh, oh I mean, that's a good idea. I, I think it's mostly the train that's the problem. So one second, and then I just take my sword and just cut the back of the train off of the dress and drop it in the bag. All right. Well, it's a solution. That works for me. Great. All of you roll stealth. Fuck. Stealth. So bad. So sorry. Oh, no. It's an eight. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a 16 for Hayden. Stump got a 14. You are moving. Salome... I think it has been almost a decade since you've sort of been out in the boonies. <laughs> you're sort of, you're regaining your footing and uh, you slip a couple times, like knock some rocks around. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm real clumsy sometimes. I'm, I'm, I apologize. I, I'm trying to be quiet. Would you mind if I maybe tried to make some alterations real quick? Yeah, I mean, if you can do it quick, it look Hayden. Hayden might be getting away from us. So if you if if y'all can do that quicker while we're on the move, like we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it later. Yeah, let's catch up and then then we'll make sure we'll we'll try to make some alterations. <laughs> All right, that's oh, like tonight or something. That's so fun! Oh my god, we can have a little fashion show. I thought we were being quiet. Oh, Stump only has one volume. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are being quiet. I didn't hear you. What you said? We are being quiet. <laughs> Hayden is just making furious hand gestures. Just I don't understand what you're doing. Quiet. <laughs> I played this game, but it was a long time ago. I know. Okay, two words. <laughs> Just um, stop responding. Just follow me. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, Hayden, as you're moving forward, you feel the hunter's mark fade as your hour mm-hmm. runs its course. While you don't have, like, an exact direction now you still have the the tracks the blood the bits of fur as you go uh you still have things to rely on as you're as you're continuing this hunt do i have any sense that they are pulling further ahead or that we're gaining on them do i have any sense of like our distance from them Hmm. roll uh roll investigation with advantage since you have high tracking right now you said investigation that is a 13 Okay. The two sets of tracks that are just a tad fresher than the the wagon that you see of the foot soldiers, you see that their feet spacing is shorter between, indicating that they are walking instead of running. Do they follow the cart tracks at all? They do. All right. I turn back to the rest of the group and very quietly say, all right, there's a chance we'll run into a couple of these folks before we reach the cart. So just... Be ready for some brawling, just in case. Any idea how many? Mm, two? I think we could take two. I don't know. If it was that big one, maybe we couldn't take two. But if it was two little ones, we could probably take them. It is about that time, Hayden, you round uh, you round a corner in the canyon. And in the distance, you do see two figures 
You see anything up there? <laughs> Please no. Not in this moment. <laughs> Wait, do you do you say that? Not that loud. No. I think I just okay. like, you see anything up there. Stump just glares at Salome. All right, sorry. You see the two figures. They are about 60 feet away. You see that one of them is sort of facing the canyon wall and the other one is sort of just standing there, arms crossed, uh, with his back to him. Uh, it seems like they're taking a, they're taking a little rest break. Is one of them peeing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Positionally, will we be able to surround them without alerting them to our presence? Uh, there are a couple of like larger rock formations at the bottom of this canyon. You'd have to roll probably a DC 15 stealth check to successfully try and get the drop on them, especially because one of them is like actively on the lookout. All right. I will motion to the other two, point in the general direction of where they are and say, do your best to get into position. I'm going to hold up here and just let them know we have them completely surrounded. Stump, you want to go left? I'll go right. Sounds good. Uh, as you approach, you do recognize that these are the two foot soldiers that you fought before. How are they looking? Are they still as injured as they were when we last fought them? Uh, yes. It seems like they haven't gotten a whole lot of time to recoup. Perfect. Hayden, you and me, we can just shoot them from long range. Absolutely. I'd love to threaten them, try and get them to stay put so we can get some info. I do have, um... Access to truth serum, so if Ooh. we want to uh, interrogate a little bit, I might be able to help out that way. I mean, that's a lovely idea. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to kind of wrestle one of them. I'm pretty good at wrestling, actually. Love that. Sounds good. Are we rolling stealth checks again? Yeah, roll stealth checks. <laughs> oh, good. New stealth. <laughs> Fuck, that's worst. Go. It's <laughs> a five. Great. <laughs> I rolled a nine. That's a 19 stealth for Hayden. Oh, good for Hayden. Okay, so <laughs> that's a 19, a 9, and a 5. That is you got it. Correct. Oh, dear. Perfect. As you are preparing for this stealth, you feel the wind pick up from behind you. There's sort of this gust that blows down the canyon. Uh, it blows from behind you, sort of whipping your clothes as it, like, goes past. Uh, Hayden... You notice the one, the knoll standing guard. As the wind is blowing, you see him sort of start sniffing the air. And then he turns to his friend and starts slapping him on the back as if to be like, hey, hey. I hit the one that didn't notice with my crossbow. There it is. Okay. Do you ever think you'd be shooting someone in the back while they were peeing, Hayden? I hadn't ruled it out. The wild thing is he's, he's still peeing. Like he's, <laughs> like he's still going. That's a 24 to hit. That will do it. Roll that damage. Get him. That's 15 damage. Maximum damage. Yes. Oh my God. Um, You straight up kill this guy while he's peeing. Oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What a way to go. I get him right in the neck. He collapses with his urine just flying through the air. <laughs> and I say to the other one, hold it. Or your death will be even less glorious. 
as you're saying that, his hands have already gone into the air, and he goes, all right, fuck, ah, God. I see one palm move, one little trickle of urine running down that leg, and you get a crossbow bolt. Got it? What? I I can't pee? No. No peeing. This is a pee-free zone in this moment. Okay, all right. God, I won't. Stop. This is a weird threat. <laughs> yeah, that that's new to me. I've been doing this. I've been in the game a while, and <laughs> let me tell you. Look, I'm working on my threats. I'll get better, all right? No, it's working, <laughs> though. I'm scared. Oh, oh, great. All yeah, right. Keep going. I'll keep, keep doing going. that. <laughs> just these two idiots behind me. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are, like, arguing, and this dude just has both of his hands up and is like, are these people going to kill me? I go over and uh, walk over to the to the knoll and say, hey, buddy, open up. What the, what the <laughs> oh fuck does God, that we're mean? we're so creepy. What are you telling me to do? What? Op- your mouth. Open up your mouth. Huh? Look, if you're going to kill me, just shoot me. No, why? I figure you're going to, like, poison me right now. Well, not to... Are you not poisoning me? I mean, yeah, but not to, like, kill you. Okay, Jesus Christ. Oh, we got to get better at this. Okay, honey, darling, I just need you to... I just need you to relax for just a second. Look, we do have you completely surrounded. My friends here are threatening violence, and to be honest with you, so am I. I just need you to just... Just open your mouth for a second. I I can promise, and I know this doesn't mean a lot because we just met... (laughs) I can promise that that if if you just kind of stay calm, everything will be okay. We won't hurt you, okay? Right? All right. Fuck. And if you pee, you die. I'm not going to pee. Jesus. Can can y'all just, like, poison me or something? Yeah, open up your mouth. I'm waiting for you. We're waiting on you. Okay, give me the thing to drink. God. (laughs) So I hand him a vial, and this is me casting uh, a poison spray cantrip. Uh, My poisoner ability lets me change my... Poison spray cantrip to any poison I can make, and so I'm going to change it into truth serum. Okay. Hey. Yeah, he he drinks it and he's like, yeah, all right. Is there a save for that or something? Yeah, you got to make a uh, a saving throw, Casey. Okay. For this knoll, it is What's... a uh, DC 14 Constitution saving throw. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I will say to specify, it is not like truth serum, like perfect. It's as if they're under the zone of truth spell. Is yeah. the effect. Okay. So that means... An affected creature is aware of the spell and can thus avoid answering questions. Obviously, they're aware that they're poisoned uh, and can avoid answering questions to which they normally would respond with a lie. So basically... His way of getting out of the truth is to avoid answering. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, what's your name, guy? My name's Ragtog. Ragtog? Nice to meet you, Ragtog. Uh, if you just answer our questions, we're not going to have any problems. And maybe... We'll just send you on your way. Okay. How you doing? How's your day? Yeah, not great. <laughs> I gotta say. Scale of one to ten, not great. My friend just got shot in the throat, uh, and some of his pee got on me, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was on me. That was my bad. Sorry. And we know that's the truth, because he has the truth serum. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just curious. Uh, I got a couple questions for you. Uh, right. Now that we know it's probably working, uh, one, what are y'all gonna do with all of that fire powder? We're gonna open up the door. You're, you're gonna open up the door? Mm-hmm. Should I know what the door is? What kind of question is that? I don't know. Well, what I mean, you know. what the fuck does that's, that mean? That's really fair. Um, <laughs> That's that's that was my bad. Um, do 
The door. Okay. What is the door? It's a it's a it's a door. It's uh Okay, that uh, was uh strike um, two against me, I guess, because that was a really fair response to that question as well. How many how many questions do you get? Do you get like three questions? I get as many questions as I want, buddy. Okay. All right. I just if I get three strikes, I might tap myself out for someone else to come ask you some questions. <laughs> uh yeah, where is the door? Where's the door? Yeah. That way. And he points down the canyon. Uh, is it the same direction that they've been going? Yes. Is the door in like one of your, like a base of yours or something like that? I mean, it's deep in Ford Falls mine. Ford Falls? Yeah. Ford Falls is a small town. Did, are you, are y'all doing this of your own volition for your own gain or is someone else putting you up to it? We're doing this so that we can meet the red-eyed god. Well, is the red-eyed god on the other side of that door? Yes. Can I make a history check? Sure. Let me tell you, not great. Eight. <laughs> Hayden got a natural one, so Hayden forgot what books oh. are. Hayden, you might have forgotten what red, what the color red is. Uh, oh, that's a nineteen! Oh my god! Oh wait. 17. 17. 17. <laughs> I have a minus two to um, history, but I did get a 17 because I rolled a 19. <laughs> wow. Okay. With a 17, Salome, um, you, I'll say within the past, maybe, you know, 10 years or so, you've, you've been around a lot of books and there have been some religious texts that you've poured over just for fun. Mm-hmm. And... And like a fun, light religious reading. Not much else to do, darling. <laughs> I'll say with a 17, the red-eyed god does not match the description of very many gods that you're familiar with. Huh. Or it's it's not it's not a known moniker of a deity. Oh. Or of a deity that you're familiar with, at least. Ragtog, what? Who is the red-eyed god? I don't think I've ever heard of them before. Um, who is he? Uh, He's, uh, I mean, he's the true thing. Like, everything else is false. Yeah, that's, that is what most religious folks do say. Well, no, no, I'm false too. Oh, like everything. Everything is false. Except him. Except for the red-eyed god. Yes. Huh. What happens... When you open the door and let out the red-eyed god. Whatever he wants. You know what? I got a proposition for you. Okay. What is your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Yeah. What do you like to eat? If you're sitting down, you're having the best meal you ever had, what are you having? I mean, God. I'm a slut for some, like, rare meat. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're all slot for rare meat. I guess we shouldn't speak for everyone on that one. But... Did you just Ooh. say that? <laughs> all right, Ragtog. Yeah. You just think about that rare meat and how much okay. you want it in your mouth. Hold on. If you're going to kill him, I got I'm going to give you two choices. Okay. <laughs> Choice number one. Okay. You tell us everything we need to know. And exactly where we need to go, and what we're gonna find when we get there. And in return, you'll get some wonderful rare meat. The other option, you don't do 
all of those things, and instead, you eat this. And I just shove the crossbow right into his mouth. Oh, my God. The choice is yours. (laughs) We're frightening. You could have some ram eaten there, or you could die. Oh, right. Yeah. Hang on a second. And I pull the crossbow back out. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Fuck. Okay. Whatever. I get back to the clan. They're going to... I'm dead anyway. Um, the mine, it's, you go down the canyon, it's in the canyon wall. It's hard to miss because it's the only thing that's not like, you know, fucking rocks. <laughs> and it's a, it's a big opening. There are like boards over the top that say, Hey, don't, don't come in. Don't enter. And there's a mine inside the mine. There's a lot of different tunnels. There's the tunnel that we hang out in. There's the tunnel with the the with the door. There's my my bandit clan, like Could you tell us a little more about that? Who what what's y'all's name? You know, what's your sort of what uh, what's your deal? I, are you unionized? Are we what? No, we're not. Oh, that's a damn shame. What? No, we're just we're uh, but What's your what's your name though? Shit. I don't know if we've really come up with a name. Uh, Y'all haven't come up. You're a whole bandit guild, and you don't even have a cool group name. I, well, I mean, I don't know. Mordric never gave us a name. Who's Mordric? Uh, Mordric's our, our our leader guy. Is that the big sort of misshapen fellow with the horse body and the uh, human hyena face and the kind of foul, just sort of all around oh, energy? God, no. That's that's the Luke Rota. Excuse me. It's just sort of washing over. Okay, Mordric's a guy. He's he's a he's a Goliath. He's a big guy. Then there's the Lucrota. The Lucrota is a, a fucking thing. I don't really like the Lucrota. It's a it's like honestly, if I didn't see the red god, the red eyed god for myself, I I don't know if I'd even be here with these guys. Have you you've seen the red eyed god before? We all have. Well, you just sort of, what, like run into him when you're out no, getting he, a drink somewhere? No, I see him when I close my eyes. I think that just means you're looking at a bright light through your eyelids. <laughs> All right, smartass. Any other fucking questions? <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have one more, if you don't mind. Um, Fuck, yeah. How, how'd y'all know about the, manufa- uh, the, the shipment of, of fire powder? Like, how, how'd y'all find out about the shipment of firepowder in the first place? How'd you know the train was coming? Mordric told us. You know where Mordric found out that information? I, if I were privy to that information, I would be Mordric. Yeah, well, maybe if y'all were unionized, you'd have access to more sort of evenly <laughs> distributed information. Okay, well, fuck me. We can't all be unionized. <laughs> Todd, on that note, Hayden, we gonna do this? Absolutely. Y'all Are you gonna, gonna kill him? What? Are you gonna fuck me and kill me anyway? Oh, the hunt. I'm going to roll an attack roll. Jesus. Oh, Oh, that's what you meant. I don't know that we need to kill him. Oh, yeah, that's 100% what I meant. (laughs) We don't don't need him anymore. What's he going to do? He's going to fuck us over. Just leave him here. It's fine. No, that's not how this goes, unfortunately. Ragtog just says, fuck it, and starts sprinting down the canyon. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to try to shoot him with my crossbow. God damn, shoot this dude in the back. Shooting a man with a back I mean, he did kill people. I tried to make a deal. I don't know if that's going to do it. 
Uh, six. Uh, no, not six. Uh, Fourteen. Uh, Stump, you raise your crossbow to shoot this fleeing knoll in the back. And as you do, you are flashed back to years and years earlier. It is night on the eastern coast of Threed, down by the docks. There is a sign for Shuren Undertow's Trading Company. Inside one of its upper rooms, in one of, in its main office, stands a black-bearded dwarf. He pours over some of his notes before looking at his pocket watch, realizing that he needs to be somewhere else. He closes the notes, puts them in a desk drawer, locks it, and then walks around the desk in order to leave for the day. And as he does... He closes the door behind him. From the shadows behind the door, you emerge, Stump. In your ear, you hear the whisper of your assistant in this heist. One, Cordrin Lightfeather. Cordrin Lightfeather is a kinku, or a raven person. Kinku cannot speak as other races do. Their speech is comprised of snippets of speech they have heard in the past. And so Cordrin whispers in your ear of stitched together speech, limited time, go to the desk, find the ledger. Yeah, I'll get it, I'll get it. Limited time. Okay, God, Cordrin. <laughs> Get off my back. Sorry. <laughs> Stump goes and heads over to the, the desk to where the dwarf put that stuff away. Great. The drawer that he used is locked. So use your thieves tools. That's a 23. <laughs> it's it's like slicing through butter. Like it, it just it comes open. Oh, yeah. It, the, I mean, this was like at most a DC 10 check. So it just pops right open. I'm like humming a little tune while I'm doing it. <laughs> As you find the ledger, you hear Cordron's voice again. He says, rings out of charge. Need to cast another charge. I'm going to be blind for a minute. Okay, sounds good. You know that Cordron is outside under one of the street lamps with a ring of x-ray vision in order to sort of be your eyes. As he's casting another charge, you hear footsteps in the hallway. I go back to my spot behind the door, kind of to hide. So when okay. it opens, it blocks me. Do you take the ledger with you? Oh, yeah. And I close and lock it. Okay. Roll stealth. Dirty 20. The door opens. And the dwarf walks back in, having apparently remembered something. He goes to the desk and opens the drawer and then begins to squirm, knowing that his ledger is missing. He hasn't noticed me yet? He has not. Stump is going to shoot from the shadows a crossbow bolt like and, and miss on purpose. Okay. you. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for that because it's an intentional miss. Mm -hmm. The dwarf looks at the crossbow bolt and then sees you 
in the shadows. And he says, And who are you? Uh, just a friend saying hello to another old friend. Is this supposed to intimidate me? Honestly, it really kind of depends on uh, the receiver. So I take it that you've got my ledger. Could be. Could not be. And I suppose you're going to take it and you're going to run me out of business. I'm not going to be the one doing anything. I just procure the things. Hmm. Yeah. Coward that you are. Oh, yeah? Coward that I am? Yeah. Who do you think you are? I'm running a business. What do you... You you know what? Hold on. What? I run a business. Tell me your daily schedule. What do you do every single day? You keep interrupting me. I'm about to tell you my fucking schedule. Okay, yeah. So I'll listen right now. Let's hear it. In your ear stump. Chop, chop. Do you hear Cordron going, what the fuck are you doing? Don't worry about it. Uh, Shuren's like, yeah. All right. I'll tell you my fucking business. You know how hard it is to be an honest businessman these days? What with your lot running around? Intimidating people? Hey, gotta make a buck. You know how many times I've had Larissa Mavell at my door telling me that I need to buy her insurance? Saying that my place could go up in flames any day? Does it feel like your place is getting a little hot now? If you're gonna burn my business, then you better do it, and you better lock me inside. Because if you don't, I'll fucking come for you. Here's the thing. If we burn the business, that's a one-time transaction. If you're still alive, we can always come back for more. He, this strikes a nerve in him. You see him pull a hatchet from his belt, and he throws it. That is a 15 to hit. Ooh, that just hits. Uh, that is four points of piercing damage. As okay. this hatchet glances off of your shoulder. Hey, buddy. Two can play at that game. And I lift up my crossbow and go to shoot him. You raise the crossbow, aimed at Shuren. Shuren's eyes connect with yours, and he says, I'll see you in hell. Larissa sends her regards. You release the bolt. In the present, the bolt sails over the head of Ragtog. And you watch him escape around the edge of the canyon and is gone. Ah, shit. Maybe next time. Uh, you do notice he's running in the opposite direction of the mine. Uh, he's just like oh, that's, uh, he's running back towards the train randomly. Yeah, he's fucking oh, that's fully fine. off. I'm not worried about him. Okay. Uh, well, shall we go ahead to Fort Falls Mine and try to stop whatever red freak is behind this door? Yeah, I mean, hell. That's a lot to take in. I'd love for this door just did not ever open. So whatever we can do to make that not happen, I am very on board with. Yeah, I mean, follow-up question, though. Y'all know what we're going to try to do with a whole cart full of fire powder? I think we got to blow it up before it gets to the door. Oh, I like that. I love the idea of killing multiple bandits with one boom. I do have a flask of oil that we might be able to, like, dip some of our arrows in and shoot at the explosives to blow it up, maybe. Ooh, I am very on board with this plan. And Hayden, you're pretty quick with an arrow, so... Do we, we can get there and then maybe we could look around. Yeah, fine by me. Yeah, let's get some eyes on this. And uh, we head out in the direction you pointed. <laughs> Great. Uh, there's really only two ways to go in this canyon. Back the way you came and forward. So on you press. 
Um, so Stump's been pretty quiet for most of this walk, and he looks to the others uh, and and just says, "Um, hey, uh, hey guys, I just uh, I want to apologize for for my actions back there, where I just tried to to kill the guy who was running away. I just, uh, I, you know, being back out here, and uh, you know." Just some old old habits took over, and I uh, I really don't want to be that that kind of guy. So if uh, if I start to do something like that again, and you feel like it's not great, I would you know just a, a kick in the butt in the other direction would be appreciated to make sure that uh, I don't do the things that I used to. Is that is that okay? Yeah, honey, it's okay. I mean, I think we all did. St- some things in the last few hours that we maybe ain't going to be proud of tomorrow, but I I was wondering, darling, what what's an apothecary from up in the mountains doing down here in the Badlands, slinging poisons at people? Well, I mean, I, I I told you I was I was crimed, and then I was running away from the crime. Yeah, the word crime can cover all manner of things, so you really haven't given us that much info. I understand I haven't given much either, but you know. You mentioned what you used to be like, and I, I can't imagine that healing folks up in the mountains would lend itself to shooting a lot of people in the back. So maybe, where's all that come from? If you don't mind sharing, I mean, your business is your business, but. Um, yes. Yeah, so about 20 years ago, I moved uh, to Mountain Creek and I left my uh, previous life in three behind and haven't been back since. Um, basically the day. I met y'all, uh, a visitor from my previous life came to, you know, came to say hello, a friend, and uh, had to make sure that they didn't uh, hurt myself or my family and decided it was best if I leave. And they decided to follow me. That's why I'm here now, trying to make sure others don't get hurt. You got a family out in Mountain Creek? Yeah, I got a, I got a little kid, Sally. Ah, shit, I got to find some rocks to bring her. Well- um I mean, uh, so, we can help you find rocks. I mean, I immediately start looking around for rocks. <laughs> well, there are so many like a, rocks. It's got to be like, it can't be just like a rock. It's got to be like a special rock. I, well, hold and not on. Like I a, know what a special and, rock. I'm looking for special rocks. <laughs> Roll for special rocks. <laughs> is, that a, is that a perception? Can I give the help action on this rock search? Yeah. Uh, yes. Hayden, you can give help action. Let's do, let's do investigation because you're trying to find it. You're trying to find a special rock. What if I'm trying to notice it <laughs> instead? What if I'm trying to perceive a special rock? Um, um, okay, I'll, I'll give you perception. All right, then that's a 17. <laughs> Can I persuade the rock to present itself to me? I'd like to intimidate the rock into revealing itself. <laughs> I'd like to sneak up to the rock. I'd like to roll a performance check so all the rocks gather. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to use every ability check in this book to find a rock. Um, I'm going to animal handling some weasels to bring me rocks. <laughs> Tr- like a truffle pig, but for rocks. Get yourself one of them rock weasels. <laughs> oh, but this is 17 to find a pretty rock for you, kid. <laughs> Absolutely. With a 17, most of the rocks down here are pretty dull. However, with a 17... You find a rock that, when you squint at it from a certain angle, it looks like a thumbs up. Wow! Hey, this one kind of does—you know—does one of these. You think she'd like that? Yeah, I think Sally'd love that. Hey, do you see anything up there? More canyon. 
It's very fun up here. You want to look at some canyon? If you look to your left, you'll find canyon. I mean, we're bound to find more shiny rocks at some point. Uh, you continue on down the canyon path. It is nightfall when you find sort of jutting out of the canyon wall is a structure. It is two sort of pillared supports holding up sort of a beam. And it looks like the entrance to a mine. On all sides of it are signs. One says danger. One says keep out. One says beware collapsible structure. Oh, lovely. And you do see sort of scattered around the base of the mine are the remnants of where this mine entrance used to be boarded up. Those planks have been ripped off and scattered. Um, we're about to go underground. I can see in the dark. Can either of you see in the dark? Passably? Absolutely not. I'm actually more impressive in the dark. <laughs> Anyone with dark vision can't see me. Yeah, I mean, then maybe, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to hold anybody back. I, I, I could sort of try to hang back and just follow along the wall, stick a hand on the wall and start going. I think the key would be one of us goes in front and back and then you're in the middle. All right. Sounds good. Uh, hey, Hayden, do, uh, do we want to make some fire arrows? Maybe? Ooh, I'd love that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I uh, here's toss you my flask of oil. I do a little dipping, a little rubbing, a little getting things ready to go. <laughs> oh my god. That was the worst rubbing. possible way I could have worded that. <laughs> That's wow. a real sensual way to make fire arrows, Hayden. I'm, I'm dealing with phallic objects. There's only so much I can do here. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like quite the process. I would have thought you just dipped them in, but you know, what do I know? Hey now, I could have made noises while I did it, so let's just all be thankful. Great. Um, you make five fire arrows and stump. You are leading the charge. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go in first. Uh, look for kind of traps or anything. Great. Uh, roll. Roll investigation. Sixteen. Initially, you don't see anything. Uh, Hayden, you still see cart tracks having gone mm -hmm. through here. Different sets of footprints. Is it dark? Yes. Okay. I'm just holding Salome's hand, leading her forward. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and, uh, great. You continue down the path. With a 16, you do see the glint of a tripwire across. Mm. Hey, uh, uh, wait, wait up. We got it. We got our, We got one. Holding. Yeah, everyone, we got a tripwire right here. I'm going to lift your foot, Salome, over the wire to make sure that you do not hit this wire. You know, I kind of I kind of <laughs> want to pull on it just to find out what happens. If <laughs> you touch that wire, Salome. I'm not, I'm, I ain't touching it, but I'm just saying it. it's it, it's very enticing. It's so enticing. Uh, no, I won't touch it. Come on. You continue. The cave is, continues to be dark. Occasionally there are sort of pillars of support holding up the roof sort of this this mine shaft as you continue deeper into the earth how stable does this feel at best questionable perfect i wish i hadn't asked yeah it's i you, you're not sure when this mine was last used can't have been in the last five years perfect love that 
So you continue, and there are occasionally branching side paths leading away from this sort of main path deeper into different sections of the mine. This sort of main chute seems to be the one that the cart is continuing to take. You are following the tracks. You continue to see that. From up the tunnel, you hear a... And in the distance, you hear a... A scream of pain from the direction you came from. You all turned up the tunnel. And as you start to turn back, Hayden, you catch something flit behind one of the beams, holding this tunnel up. What kind of something? Roll uh, roll perception. Because your passive perception gets it, but I'm going to have you roll perception to see how much you catch. That's just an eight. Okay. With an eight, you see that it is a small humanoid shape. You don't get the full features, but small, quick, with a long white beard. I don't know what to think about this information. (laughs) Can you talk to him? Do we want to? I don't know. Maybe it's good if they know we know they're there. Do we want to just turn around and go towards it? Do we? I mean, can we do... Is it is it close enough that we could kind of be like, hey? Yeah, what's the distance we're talking about? <laughs> I'd say it's about 20 feet up the tunnel. If it's that close and hasn't done anything yet, I'm inclined to leave it be. That's fair. If it's that close, it's had opportunity to attack us and hasn't. But I'm going to be keeping my eyes back here. I'm not going to let this thing get any closer without me knowing. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'm backing up, backing up, backing up. Yeah, I guess we keep heading down the hall. Cool. You continue down this hallway. <laughs> Don't like that. For the folks at home, Casey just rolled a die, laughed, and then continued on. And I'm upset about it. <laughs> and here's why I laughed. As you continue down this tunnel, Hayden, you see the figure dart around the pillar, head towards the next one, and fully fucking trip. <laughs> <laughs> They, oh, buddy. they trip over a rock or or some like little crevice in the ground and go absolutely sprawling. Just head over foot. Bum, bum, bum. We were worried about this. You see a, a pickaxe goes flying out of their hand. They hit the ground face first and you hear, fuck. <laughs> oh, buddy. And... That's all for this episode of Mage Hand High Five. No! Yes! No! Is this incompetent? Oh, no! No! (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for listening to episode two of Mage Hand High Five. Shout out to our composer, Jacob Kersner, and our graphic designer, Shane Smith. Um, check out our website, magehandhigh5.com. 
Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, wherever we may be at Magehand High Five. We have a Discord now. If you want to check us out, we've got a link to it in the show notes. You can go join us, join in the conversation. We'll be hanging out there so you can actually connect with the cast and with other fans of the show. Um, go to your podcatcher of choice. Throw a five-star review our way. Tell all your friends. Tell, tell all of your enemies about the show. Tell me. I haven't heard about it yet. I'm in a complete fugue state. I'm not even aware that I'm recording. And when you do it, use the hashtag MHH5. And hey... How about a high five?